0: You are now listening to the Q and E podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? I'm coming in against What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q and E podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now, and I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q and E podcast. And we try to make this slow week as lively as we could for y'all. It's been it's been tough getting these topics for sports and entertainment.
0: It's been slow. But if this is your first time listening to the uh QE podcast, we do have four segments. We have our sports segment, we have social media wants to know, we have entertainment and current events, and we also have past the ox. So definitely stick with us throughout this whole entire session. The first thing we're gonna start off with is KD Doubles Down. So this past week KD said I'm done. I'm tired of waiting of a trade to be uh to, to happen. Obviously there was talk that he could possibly come back to the Nets, but KD ended up talking to the owner of the Nets uh Joe Tsai and saying that, "Hey, it's either you trade me or you got to get rid of this partnership of Steve Nash and Shaar Marks the GM." So now it's a it was a conversation a couple of days ago, but then Joe Tsai ended up coming out with a tweet saying that I'm standing behind my staff. I'm standing behind my general manager. So he's standing behind Steve Nash and uh, Sean Marks in this whole uh fiasco. And now we honestly don't know where this whole KD trade situation stands. So Edgar, what was your reaction to everything that happened this past week?
1: I don't know why he would do that. I'm choosing... Kevin Durant over (laughs) Steve Nash. It's such an easy decision, bro. It really is. He made it hard. (laughs) It's it's a situation where the organization is not trying to let the player be the winner, and you got to put your pride to the side. Like, if your goal is to win championships as an organization, give your star player what he wants, if it makes sense. And this makes sense. Steve Nash can't coach. We've been saying it the entire time. It's like, bro, you literally got, and we love Steve Nash as a player, but you got this coaching job with no experience and it looks like you have no experience like you're just walking up and down the sideline and kd and kyrie you're banking on the talent that you have this is not an air exposure situation where hey this is some actual coaching going on with the stars like, no, this is not that with Steve Nash. I I feel for him, and I'm sure he'll find another job somewhere if he can easily get this one. But he doesn't <laughs> need to be the head coach of the Nets anymore. And I don't know why the front office is acting this way. They need to give KD what he wants if they're not going to trade him.
0: And this is why Josiah ended up doing what he did a couple of days ago, bro. He's trying to take power back in this situation because he yeah. feels like some of the pride has been lost because, oh, it's such a dumpster fire in Brooklyn right now because both of your best players, they want to leave. One of the best players that ever played this game wants to get out of Brooklyn. Oh, the team that you put together is falling apart. So his pride is like, oh, like, damn, oh, you want to leave me? Oh, now you want to give me an ultimatum? Or oh, I'm going to stand behind my staff and you can end up going somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? If Obviously, if both sides agree to it. But I think that's why he did it more so than anything. It was pride talking, bro. Nothing else. Because in any other situation, you're picking KD over the GM and Steve Nash. Fuck both of them niggas. If I get to keep KD, I'm bringing in a new coach. We finna be rocking because we still got to think The Nets still have a good team. Even though we want KD to be in another situation because we're just fans of the game and we just like player movement, they still have a good team. They still got Ben Simmons if he comes back healthy. They got Kyrie, they got Seth Curry, they got uh Kevin Durant. You got a good little core there if you could just add a couple of more pieces with some trades or whatever. So what are you doing by saying, oh, no, we sticking behind our staff because now how does KD feel? Because b- with you saying that, that means you can't go back on it. That means KD has to get traded now. It's no way you can say I stand behind my staff when he gives you that ultimatum and you not trade him. You have to trade him. It's a must. It's a must, bro, so I don't want to hear any of that right now. They got to figure out some type of trade.
1: I agree. You got to get the star player what he wants as long as it makes sense, and KD makes perfect sense in this situation. It is going to be interesting to see. I know we've been saying the market doesn't look that big for KD, but he's going to land somewhere, and wherever he lands, they're going to be a contender, and the Nets are going to be in a situation where it's like Kyrie and Ben Simmons, but – not KD gone, and we got a coach that don't really know what he's doing. So <laughs> I, I feel like you got you have no choice but to go back on what you said. Even though what you said, it's kind of like ain't no going back from that shit. But Especially you when gotta, you tweet it
0: for everybody to see because now everybody going to hold you to that. You could have yeah. just kept quiet and just said, okay, you could have felt how you felt behind closed doors, but you tweeting it out. It's like, oh, you going back on your word, bro. A lot of people don't want to even play for that type of owner like that anyway who chooses the coaches over the players, especially if they are a great player like KD. It's like, oh, a lot of players don't want to play for that type of owner. So that's definitely tricky when you think of it from that perspective as well. But you got to trade you KD. You're going to mess the
1: culture up. you, you going to mess, mess the culture, culture up. The, I mean, the culture might have already
0: been messed up, but still.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was already messed up. But once you got KD, Kyrie, and Harden, you had an opportunity. And granted, it didn't work. Um, um, There was some fault to the players and some fault to the organization, but either way, at the end of the day, it didn't work, but there was hope to still have some kind of culture started with KD having some type of success there to where he could say, damn, I'm having success, I'm doing it my way, I'm the leader. I might stay here and finish my career. Now KD is giving you the middle finger and doesn't want to stay. Now you're damn near starting at ground zero again with you don't know who's going to be the player to be the face of this franchise. You're not going to be as bad as the Knicks, but you don't have any more highlight over them either.
0: And what did I say two weeks ago? They were dumb as hell for not taking that Jalen Brown trade, bro. I don't give a damn who else was in that deal. You get Jalen Brown and you just take your losses and you lick your wounds, bro. You got Jalen Brown out of the deal. Now it looks like the Celtics got their tail between their legs because they know how fans felt about the Jalen Brown news. I don't think they want to get back in these talks because they want to keep everything together, even though that report yeah. did come out and Jalen Brown was offered. I think they're going to hold off on that move because of the, the backlash from it. But now you you back to your regular options. Yeah, they say the Celtics are still in it, the Raptors. And the Heat, but well, we all know the Heat don't got enough assets, bro. We we already know. So unless the Heat makes some moves, they ain't got enough. So it's really just the Raptors or the Celtics. But a sneaky team that I keep hearing about, bro, is the Philadelphia 76ers making a I move in this too. whole situation, bro. <laughs> and if we keeping it a B, Philly got some assets over there that the Nets might like. Uh, one asset in particular that I know they're going to like, and that's Tyrese Max. Because we know that boy going to be a dog in this league for a long time. We've seen it in the playoffs, and we see seen it throughout this whole regular season. Because when it was just uh, Maxie and Embiid, Maxie was clearly the second best player. Nobody was close. Yeah, they got yeah. Tobias Harris, and they got them other players, but Maxie was the most consistent, and he really came into his own this year. So if I'm the Nets and you give me a deal of Maxie, Harris, a couple other role players to make the money work, and some picks, I'm taking it, bro. I'm taking for it. Sure? If Jalen Brown is no longer on the table, I guess I got to take Maxi. Because I'm taking Maxi over Hero for sure. I'm taking Maxi. You uh,
1: you, you'll have Harden, KD, and MB. You just need everybody else to do their bro, job. you
0: just need everybody else to fall in. <laughs> and you got PJ. And you oh, got yeah. PJ. Ooh. And you got... <laughs> bro. Because look, I was trying to tell y'all about this, bro. I told y'all, Harden looking like he back to form too, bro. Harden been back in them workouts. I seen him I in said, I summer I told that my man, Harden coming for revenge this year. He coming for revenge this year. So I think 76ers were already going to be good without a KD. I think just bringing back everybody, getting somebody like P.J. Tucker, we see how much of an impact that he can have on a team because look at what he did for Miami, getting swept in the first round and being one game away from the finals. I think he can get a similar impact with the Philadelphia 76ers. If you somehow swing a KD trade out of that, and you got a, a Harden, a Durant, Embiid, and then you got P.J. Tucker as your best role player, that's a championship, bro. I don't give a damn. If Harden comes back to the player that we know him to be, oh, that's raps, bro. That's a rap. We can book that. We can book that, bro. We can book lie. that. That's so be y'all scared, better not bro. let that happen. That's, that's all gonna I'm going to say you better not let that happen. I
1: don't know if he's going to get back to 35-plus points a game oh, no, and no, all that because no. you're sharing the ball with KD and MB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's not happening. Yeah. But being a dominant facilitator. That's what he wants to knocking, be, too. Yeah, knocking down every shot that you do get because if you're sharing the ball with KD and MB, I see Harden only really having, like, what, 20 attempts a night? No more Not even that.
0: that.
1: Yeah, not even like that, probably. Like,
0: 15. Mm-hmm probably like 15 bro cuz you know that's the type of role he wants to play anyway because this is a new Harden. This ain't a Harden that want to score 35 a night. He don't want that burden on his shoulders. So even if he comes back healthy, he'll give you about 15 shots to get that that 23 uh nine and eight average. He cool with that. If he can let Embiid and uh Durant eat and you got PJ T- Y'all better not let that shit, cause I fucking hate Philly, bro. And I know Philly fans, and I do not want to see them niggas happy over his success, bro. Shout I know to that, that boy,
1: Scotty, go bro. <laughs> bro. I
0: hate Philly fans. Shout out to my nigga Scotty, but I hate Philly fans. But I don't want to see it happen. But that shit would be scary, bro. Just Durant and Embiid, even if Harden is gonna be the same harder from last year. Durant and Embiid is crazy. That that pick and roll is crazy. So yeah. <laughs> That yeah, <laughs> two seven footers. Yeah. One you can't stop
1: in the paint, and the other you can't stop on the three. You're you're dying. You're dying yeah. by the
0: <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, in that case, I want the Nets to keep KD. Hey, hey, the <laughs> owner. I want you. I want you to. I want you to resend that text or that or that tweet, my boy. Yeah. I, we need him back with that. We need him back with the Nets. I do not want to see that happen. But that would be scary though. That would be scary. And that's honestly the, becoming way more realistic than we once thought. Because I yeah. was hearing the 76ers earlier in the in the rumors, but it was kind of like, uh, like does he want to play with Harden again? But we just seen Harden and Durant at a Travis Scott concert. So we see they cool. So it's like, okay, maybe they are, do still have that friendship that Durant will be open to a 76ers, coming to the 76ers. Mm-hmm. So it's a possibility, bro. If nobody's giving you the, the picks and they're offering Maxi Harris, whatever, and some picks, I would take it, bro. Better than whatever else you're gonna get, unless you want to just oh, yeah, you ain't getting
1: much else, so yeah,
0: (laughs) you can help out the heat. I would love it if you did, but I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on to some other news. We got Serena Williams is retiring,
1: yes. So, Serena Williams released a short essay this week for her Vogue cover release explaining how she's ready to evolve into the next phase of her life beyond her tennis career. The upcoming U.S. Open, which is going to be from August 29th to September 11th, is scheduled to be the final tournament for the top 10 athlete. Um, for what she, for what she will compete in. So she's really feeling like she's not ready to say goodbye, but she knows it's about that time. And she even says it in a, in a quote of, "I can't even have this conversation with my mom and dad. It's not like it's like it's not real until you actually say it out loud." And in the end of her quote, she says, I know a lot of people are excited about and look forward to retiring, and I really wish I felt that way. Mm -hmm. So this is a story of, like, it's time to say goodbye. You just really don't want to say goodbye. And we've seen in the last couple of big matches for Serena, she's taken a few big L's. And it's to the younger generation that's coming behind you, Naomi Osaka and and Coco, like, Black women who you inspired, they're the ones beating you now. So it's kind of like a torch handoff. But this is a situation where the person is not ready to hand off the torch. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And she's such a fiery competitor. So you understand that the words retiring weren't really in there. That's why she used the words evolving away from tennis. But I still would like to see Serena have one last match where she can get appreciated. Whether it's a farewell tour. Nigga, I don't care if she loses the goddamn tournament. It would just be so dope to see Serena play one last time. So we just can't just appreciate, not just appreciate, but we just go off of this tweet or whatever or this article and say, damn, that was it? And that's how we're gonna end your career. We're gonna end your career like that. I wish that we could see her one last time that she can really feel the love and support we, we from will. All, all of the decades and shit like that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: U- the US Open. It, oh, so she's playing double... one more. Yeah, that's why I said the US Open August 29th of September. Oh, 11th. so that's gonna be her last, gonna be one. last one. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, that's okay, okay, okay. I thought you said she's not okay, but well, cool. I get, I get it, I get it, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that's dope. Okay. That's like that's exactly what I want. Hopefully, if she wins that motherfucker,
1: well, I'm about she
0: win that motherfucker way out fire, that's, That would be a fire way to go about the shit. That's like honestly, uh movie script type shit. Honestly, you couldn't write a better story than that. Honestly, if she, and if to she win played her
1: last one. Naomi or Coco to get the dub, she that'll be fire, bro. Even That'd if she lost to
0: them, it's copy. like that's oh, where it yeah. that really goes back. It's like the passing yep. of the torch is like real because they beat me a couple of times already. It's like okay, if I want to lose to anybody, I want to lose.
1: It's me. gonna be one of them.
0: Yeah, I don't want to lose to any of these white hoes out here. Like, nah, I wanna <laughs> lose no, I want to lose. <laughs> I want to lose. I want to lose to them <laughs> for sure. And I think that was the main reason for it too, bro. I-, I-, I completely agree with you that she see the young generation coming up. It's gonna be more people just like Coco Golf and more people just like Naomi Osaka coming up and are better than her. Because how old is Serena right now? Like, 43?
1: About 40, 42, I want to say. 42, 40, 43.
0: 42. So if that. she's getting to that age, bro, where it's like, okay, we, we get it. Like, we're not surprised when we heard this news. I wasn't surprised yeah. when I heard it. It was just like, damn. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I What's getting it. me
1: is she's just, she's sad about it, and she doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's those... It's those greats that you just feel like they're ready to pass the torch. When Kobe retired, he was ready. He was like, yeah. "I've given everything with dear basketball, the the um, Oscar that he won. It's like I've I've given everything to this game. I'm ready for something else now. And with Serena, it's like." I'm not ready, but I know I have no other choice but to be ready. And it, it yeah. hurts a lot more when you hit that. Cause Sometimes it's like, it's like that. Though. Yeah, it, it's like that. I ain't done. My mind isn't done, but my yeah. body won't let me do it anymore. And this now, is somebody honestly, who
0: played while pregnant yeah. and won while pregnant. <laughs> like nobody's doing shit like that ever yeah. again, bro. And that's why I don't think Kobe was the same way. Kobe's mind was ready to play more games, but it was just the body, bro. Kobe was 40 years old, 38 years old. It was like, okay, the body can't withstand all of the injuries, all of the wear and tear that comes with the sport that I love. Obviously, I Mm -hmm. wish I could play till I was 50, 60 years old, but it's like I have to transition for that reason. And Serena's just getting to that age, bro. But she's walking away from the, the sport of tennis, being the GOAT hands down or being the, yeah. the GOAT athlete in general. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's in that conversation when we talk about GOAT athletes. And I heard a lot of people say that she's the GOAT. And I honestly cannot disagree she, with all her grand slams 10, and all that
1: shit. She's she top, 10. top 10. She up there with Bios all and
0: all of them, bro. So she's up there for greatest athlete of all time, bro. I cannot disagree. I cannot disagree. So shout out to Serena Williams.
1: I'ma definitely watch. I'm gonna watch whatever I can. Everybody
0: to go, we gonna watch that as a family, man. I don't even watch tennis like that. But I promise to God we're watching that as a family, bro. That way her, her and
1: Venus came in, bro. Like yeah. I re- I remember watching old film of them, bro. Like as a kid going on YouTube, like just looking at the matches that they were in while they were playing at that time. I was still going back to watch their first one when they coming out with all the beads in their hair and everything, and they just snapped like, bro, that that's crazy. What if she did some shit like that? What if, like, her last match, she came out like how she came in when she started? That's that fire.
0: would be fire. That
1: would be And she fire. got Venus and her parents watching her. They watching, definitely gonna be there. They be. Definitely definitely gonna be there. Oh, yeah, they gonna be there. Yeah, they definitely but gonna that, be there. that'll be fire, bro. That'll Damn.
0: Be fire. It's so crazy when you see people that you really grow up on, like really transition away from the sport. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just so weird because it's like, who is coming next? Obviously, we know who's coming next because it's Coco Golf and Naomi Osaka. But you've been in our life for 20 plus years, bro. So Domination. now we literally, we literally, we now we have to transition to somebody else. It just feels so weird, bro. Because we really get to that age now of like, damn, we this it's the next generation. Like we really got to see somebody else come after. Yeah. I yeah, everybody so we
1: saw and grew up with is like it's coming to an end for the most part. Even with coaches, bro. Like, just imagine 10, 15 years from now. I'm sure Alabama will still be very good, but I don't think the Nick Saban era is gonna happen again, bro. Like yeah. where a team real deal just dominated decades. Like, I don't I don't know if that's gonna happen again, bro. Like, imagine telling kids 20 years from now. Y'all wasn't around for Nick Saban, bro. That's probably how our parents feel with coaches they used to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: But do we think that Coco Goff or Naomi Osaka will ever reach the heights that Serena has reached? Do we uh, see them as having that much potential where you can be up there with Serena one day?
1: I would say no in a sense of... Serena Serena well Venus technically did it first but Venus and Serena changed the way black people just view tennis. We only cut tennis on now when we see black players because of what Venus and Serena did. And then they're not the first to do it. Arthur Ashe was the first real black superhero of tennis and my my parents and I'm sure your parents they'll be able to tell people that in a heartbeat, but Serena and Venus did it. At such a higher level, I think because one Mm. they were women, two they were black, and they were they were sisters. Like they had the family dynamic to it and everything, and they were from common. They were from the. It was so much more
0: buzz around them too. It was so much more
1: buzz, and they they just felt so relatable. These young these young black girls from the hood, and they're coming into this rich white people sport, and they dominating like to the point to where people thinking they cheating. Like it's it was it was something different, bro. Like, yeah. and, and I think times are different now. So I don't think that's a fair criticism to give to Naomi and Coco. Because it's like, no, y'all can't do what they did because they paved the way, for, so y'all don't have to do what they did. So that's my only knock to say they won't reach that height. But in terms of winning, I'm sure they can probably catch on when it comes to winning.
0: Damn 23 grand slams, 24 grand. That's still a lot to catch up it's to. It's a bro. lot. That's a lot, a lot, bro. That's a lot. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. a high bar to put on those two young women. So I don't know. I, I just have we still have to see because they're still earlier in their careers. I know Coco's still like what? Coco's like 18 right now. She might yeah, she's a teenager. Like, yeah, she just turned 18, so it's like they still young in their career. We still gotta see them like actually on this, like this, uh, this platform for some some years to actually see if she can reach that potential. But yeah, reach Serena gonna be tough, bro. It's gonna be tough because this is just from so a much cultural standpoint.
1: I think it's gonna almost be impossible. From a cultural standpoint, oh, for sure. nobody, for sure. nobody in the world of tennis out. Like, no, but
0: we'll play. never see another Tiger Woods either. Like it's no, it's oh, no yeah, black it's person coach. that can step into tennis and you're gonna have the same gravity as Tiger Woods. And when yeah. it comes to winning or culturally. I just don't think it's possible. <laughs> like unless we see somebody that come in, he a young prodigy. I don't think I've ever too. seen
1: another black golfer outside of Tiger Woods yeah, for real. Like that's I true. Just, too. I,
0: <laughs> that's true too. <laughs> and his son, his
1: son is going to be like so light skinned It's like, and you know, Tiger Woods don't even be calling himself black for real. We gonna claim him
0: at the he end of the day. Is, Ablasian, yeah,
1: yeah. And it's like, if, if you claiming that, I, I really want to know what your son is gonna claim. But we'll we'll take <laughs> your son too. We'll claim him too because y'all. I'm black at the end of the day. I don't care what y'all say. Y'all black. But outside of them, bro, I don't know. I ain't never seen all the black golf players.
0: I don't keep up with golf, so I honestly couldn't tell you, but I haven't seen them. I feel like they would have been talked about on the, the TL or the Shade Room or something. Yeah, like they would have been talked about if it was some black folks out here <laughs> doing some golf shit. So, yeah, I don't think there's any more other than Woods. All right. And moving on to the next topic, we have the college football preseason top 25.
1: Yes, so 66 football coaches across the NCAA voted for the top 25 teams to look out for this season. Alabama leads the list at number one, and in order, down from that, it's Ohio State 2, Georgia 3, Clemson 4, Notre Dame 5, Michigan 6, Texas A&M 7, Utah 8, Oklahoma 9, and Baylor 10. And then you got on the rest of the teams, 11 through 25. That's the top 10, though.
0: I was just talking to Edgar uh, before the podcast. I was telling him, like, this is going to be an interesting college football season because so many people were transferring, switching schools. It's like, yeah, you got the usual suspects up here with the Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemsons, and uh, the Michigans or whatever, but they feel like everybody else is just, damn, I really don't know who they have until we see them on week one and I see how explosive each team really looks. But one team I'm absolutely excited to see Is USC. Obviously, with the addition of Lane Kiffin, but they brought in a lot of talent to that program, bro. And I have to see how all of that really culminates with the Big 12. Are they going to dominate it? And will a Pac-12 team actually get a chance at the college football playoff? Because we have not seen it yet. They would be the first team to make it to the college football playoff from the Pac-12. So that's something that I would like to see this year. I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for Caleb Williams, obviously coming from uh, Oklahoma. But I, I want to see USC make it.
1: And they, they ranked number 15, so a, a lot of people got them. I, I forgot how many first-place votes they got. I think they were one of the few teams that got a bunch of first-place votes. But uh, I'm excited to see USC. Uh, Michigan at number six, I think, makes sense. I don't know if I had Texas a and at seven. Yeah, they beat Bama last Texas a but-
0: finna be pretty stacked. That's another team that... They're, they have to peak it was it was honestly last year for georgia and it's funny because yep. i called last year with georgia nobody want to give me credit though but i called last year with georgia <laughs> before the season started i was like georgia this is Kirby smart year i don't know if that type of pressure is on jimbo just yet oh no nah, for him nah, to nah. win in texas a&m but the type of recruiting classes he's bringing in the type of talent that he's bringing into texas a&m All right, bruh. It's time for that to turn into some W's. It's time for that to be consistent uh, W's against LSU and Alabama. I need to see a a big jump from Jimbo and Texas A&M this year. They got to be in that college football talk, too.
1: I think that's why they're ranked at number seven, because of the recruiting class that they also got. Because this is a preseason ranking, so they're taking Mm -hmm. whatever happened last year on top of whatever recruits you're getting before any games are played right now. They're just making assumptions based off of that. But I probably have... I probably a Oklahoma right above Texas. Saying them, I think they're always gonna be in the hunt as far but as they like lost making Lane Kevin though, bro. Push they push lost
0: off. that magic touch, bro. They
1: we had did. that magic
0: touch with Lane, bro. It was easy money. Everybody else, for the most part, um, everybody else going to okay shuffle, bro. Everybody else from like yeah. ten to twenty five, it's like y'all gonna be shuffling in between. I'm looking at those 14s, bro. I know what I'm doing. Miami them. at
1: 17 is interesting though. Miami, Miami, gonna have Miami a at 17. Too. Shout out to uh, Mario
0: Cristobal, who just came from Oregon. He going to turn that program around. He's going to be that the coach to turn that program around. But I don't know if this year will be the year that they jump up to the top of the top, but they gonna a, they're going to have a they're going to have a good season. They're going to have I like a good Utah at
1: 8. Utah at 8 is a good spot. I don't think that's over or
0: underrated. That's that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. But the teams I'm worried about, bro, are the usual suspects: Alabama, Bryce Young coming back, Ohio State. They always got my man uh, C.J. Stroud. Obviously, he's going to be in the Heisman conversation this year. Georgia, obviously, they just won the the championship last year, and then Clemson. I'm really interested to see where Clemson too, goes bro. from I was last just say year, that. bro, <laughs> because they're ranked pretty goddamn high for a team that was shitty last year. Like them boys Number lost four. To, how many, like, they lost like six games last year, right? Yes. Games, like they were shitty last year. They, they were like unranked most of the season. So for them to be ranked fourth is crazy. Their so recruiting class must have went crazy. Their recruiting it class probably always crazy. But my question is the quarterback is DJ uh DJ you ready to take that leap. We thought it was gonna be last year. I don't think year. so.
1: Hell no. I don't think so. That's it would have been some, team. it would have been some type of report by now if DJ um you I think it's your goal or something like that. But if he made that type of jump, I would have seen some type of article or report or something. It's been very quiet when it comes to Clemson this uh offseason.
0: But honestly, a lot of college football have been quiet. So I don't know if I've just been sleeping on it or if I've been going on my head.
1: <laughs> I've been I've been hearing about USC, I've been hearing about yeah. Bama, I've been hearing about a couple teams. If DJ would have took that jump and Clemson is ranked number four before the season starts. Ain't no way in hell we ain't heard nothing yet. And he's taking that jump in practice. Ain't no
0: way. They got to show us something, bro. Because if we get back-to-back years of that old bullshit that they pulled last year, oh, we're going to have some questions for Dabo Sweeney-ass because he be the main nigga who be talking about all of these players transferring and he got a problem with it. Oh, he hates how this shit goes because all the money that's flying around with the NIL. Oh, so you're telling me you can't win with this NIL. You can't yeah, win when it's a level playing field. <laughs> oh, that's what we're going to find out when everything is all settled. If it's back-to-back years of that same bullshit, oh, we well, we see Dabo Sweeney in the light
1: and I, I do got a problem with this top five. Please take Notre Dame out of the top five. I would rather Michigan actually get put in the top five because I no—I usually go to bat for Notre Dame, bro, but Notre Dame just, I, I can't do it no more right now. Like, Notre Dame got to win my heart back to really vouch for them as a top five college football team. They got to start unranked. Michigan, they finally earned it, bro. Jim Harbaugh oh, with sure. Michigan, they earned a top five preseason ranking with, with the way they beat Ohio State and the way they just shot the, the mm-hmm. whole football world last season. Michigan, i all get my bounce for top five. Finally, but
0: it happened. It happened. <laughs> but this is this is the thing with Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a team that just has to start off on ranks. because you're going to win games because you're you're not in a conference, so you're going right. to win games. You're going to beat all of the teams that you usually play or win, whatever. The FBS, or
1: something yeah, they like that. they're
0: they're, yeah. they're like they're like an independent school, so they just play random schools. You're going to yeah. win games. You're going to be in the top five. But the college football playoff committee cannot allow these niggas back in the playoffs, bro. They can't, they cannot. Yeah. They cannot allow that shit. Because every year y'all get in, y'all do that same old bullshit. I'm not allowing it. I'll write a petition. I don't give a damn. I'm going <laughs> to call some hell if Notre Dame get back in that goddamn college football playoff. I'm going to be mad as shit. <laughs> Of you, like man. I said,
1: bro, they Notre Dame got it with my heart back. Cause ooh, I was vouching for them. I've been you vouching was. for Notre Dame for like you the was. past two seasons, bro. You Cause was. even you even was. if I ain't had them winning a the chip or nothing like that, I'm like, bro, Notre Dame is like that, and they fold every time. Fold every time, every
0: time bro. We cannot believe the hype, bro. We cannot believe the hype. Ooh. I don't care how high they rank, bro. That should not be If out.
1: I if I were to switch them with somebody, uh, I would put Michigan at five. I wouldn't even have Notre Dame at six. I had them. I had them below Baylor at, like, 11.
0: Hey, let me ask you this, though, bro. Where do you think Florida is ranked? If you had to rank the top 100, where is Florida in the top
1: 100? I ain't I ain't crazy, now. Top 100.
0: Hey.
1: We in the 30s, now. We in the 30s. Talk about top 100. We in the 30s.
0: I don't even think we are in the 30s, Bill bro. Bill Napier going to have us think in the 30s, <laughs>
1: I ain't sold on Bill Napier yet, but we're gonna be in the 30s. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it.
0: I don't even think we're in the 30. We had such a shit ass season, bro. They might have to, had ass at 75. Y'all gotta work. I don't even know there.
1: how recruiting was. I really don't
0: know. Honestly, I would sleep on that shit. I just know Anthony Richardson better do some shit this year, bro. Honestly, with a couple of years of Emery. I'm just happy for any goddamn thing cuz Emery was blowing me the entire last season. I told y'all. So I told y'all. Y'all ain't wanna
1: believe me. No, nah, it was a point. No, nah, it was
0: a point in the season where I gave up. It was a point in the season where I was like you got to go <laughs> with Anthony Richardson and they still kept going to him. I was like, why do we keep going back to this nigga? <laughs> like, bro, because we I need to be moving on, bro.
1: Guilty. The moment I found out they were keeping Emery, I'm like, they feel guilty, bro. Because he was on the bench while Felipe was there. He was on the bench while Kyle trash was there. Like he wasted two or three years just playing backup. It's your senior year. They're gonna they're gonna play them. They're gonna start him if they keep them, bro. If they kept them, they were gonna start them, and that's exactly what they did. And they were gonna die by that. And that's what that was part of the reason what made me so mad at um uh what you call it um damn mullen that's what made me so mad at him because i love damn but it's like no bro i cannot let this slide (laughs) like last last year with not last year but the year before last with kyle trash in the last 10 years that was the best chance we had of winning, the, um, of getting to the playoffs. When we
0: had Pitts and Tony and all them boys. Yes, bro. Yeah.
1: That was our best chance, bro, because that was the best quarterback play we had since Tebow. And, and that's that was when the our defense was chance. ass. That's yeah. when the defense was ass, and it's like, come on, bro. Like, we ain't finna have a season like that again for the next however many years now. Yeah. So.
0: yeah, that shit hurt me, bro. Hopefully uh, we could just get some excitement with uh, Anthony Richardson, but I don't think Florida has that good of a year. Maybe 500, maybe be a couple games over, but I'm not expecting. We'll
1: we'll be a couple games over 500, but we ain't going to be top 25. Hey, prove me wrong. though. I'm I'm always game for the Gators to prove me wrong. Please prove me wrong if you can.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you're capable. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man, moving on to the next topic we have. NFL preseason predictions. We ain't giving y'all all the predictions now. We just give yeah, y'all a little Just a little bit. Just a
1: little, little, little bit. A рег- little
0: taste. <laughs> so y'all, y'all already know, know that we're gonna have our uh our preseason break, not preseason breakdown, but our NFL regular season predictions. We're gonna have yes. a live stream for that. We're gonna have a podcast for that. So y'all already know that comes every year. We just given a couple of predictions beforehand, but we're gonna predict the divisions and all that in that podcast.
1: Right. So my first question is before we even get into any preseason games, and these are all subject to change. I just want to let everybody know. Who are your top five quarterbacks for the season that you're looking out for? Top five.
0: Ain't even really question.
1: gotta be in order. Just top five.
0: Do I got can I talk, can I bring up jailbirds in this situation? Jailbird, <laughs> what the hell are you about? I think a one jailbird me? is definitely in the top five, but I don't think you I'm mean the there. guy that's literally not going to be playing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay, know that I would, w- <laughs> I would say, I would say t- do, it doesn't have to be ordered though. Or are we just giving up? No, it ain't got to be okay. ordered.
1: Just top five QBs you're looking out for. It ain't got to be the top five best QBs, but the top five. QBs oh, you're looking oh out I'm
0: looking for. out for yes. Oh, Herbert is one. Tua is two, honestly. Tua has to have a big season this year, bro. I'm telling you. With those weapons out there, that's the most, that's the most, or that's the closest he's going to get to Alabama offense, bro. You remember when he was at Alabama, he had Jerry Judy, he had Devontae Smith, all them boys were just running around. He had Waddle at Alabama. All them boys were just running around, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. This Miami offense has to be something similar. You have two of the fastest players in the league on your team, tour. You can't, bro. You have no more excuses, bro. You have no excuses, bro. You got to put up or shut up this year, bro. I'm expecting a big year out of tour. That's number and two. And the, the defense is stout. The defense so is ain't big. like you got to be a yeah. hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I still expect a big season from him. But the defense definitely is a good falling back point for sure. Definitely good falling back point. Honestly, I'm looking forward to Patrick Mahomes. I know y'all probably surprised by that because Patrick Mahomes, he proven and all that. But this is first year without Tariq. And we were having a lot of questions about Patty toward the end of that year. Like, oh, he might he looking kind of shaky in the light. Hold on. And without Tyreek Hill, his one huge bailout option where he just throwing that bitch up to him? I don't know. They got a lot of young talent. They got Marquez Videz. I'm hearing a lot of good things about Scott Moore. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is there. So they still have weapons but what is it going to look like it's not going to be the same offense that we've seen for the past 3 years so i'm interested to see how he transitions into this new offense and see if Patrick Mahomes can really be the quarterback that we know consistently without Tyreek Hill um for tom brady bro tom brady is number 4 because i want to i think this was going to be brady's last year and i want to see brady i this i want to see brady come out at least close to the top And I feel like he's going to run through the NFC. We've talked about it before heading into the season. It's really the Rams, the Bucks, and the Eagles to me. It's really a three-headed race in the NFC, and I ain't worried about nobody else. He needs to be running through the NFC, and he has to have a great season in the the NFC. So I'm expecting a lot of big things out of Brady. I think – I ain't going to say it. Y'all probably already. Nah, y'all, y'all, Go Go <laughs> I, I'm gonna save it. it. I'm gonna save it. You feel me? I'm gonna save it. Go I'm gonna save it. And number five, damn, Jalen Hurts, because that's somebody. I just said that the the Eagles are somebody that I'm looking for in the NFC, but that is all contingent on if Jalen Hurts plays to his potential and plays well. Because once again, he's somebody now who has no excuses. Your defense is stout, bro. Your defense is good. You just got A.J. Brown. You got Miles Sanders in the backfield. You got Devontae Smith. You got Dallas. You got Who was they tight end? I don't forget who they tight in. Oh, they got Dallas Goddard still. So you yeah. got a good offense, bro. You got no excuses. You're a running quarterback. You got a running game. You got receivers. You got a defense. Jalen Hurts, once again, he has to put up or shut up this season. And I'm expecting big things out of Jalen, too. So those are my five quarterbacks.
1: So go through them again. You said Herbert, Tua. I said
0: Herbert, Tua. Tom Mahomes and uh the last one I said Hurts
1: Hurts Jalen Hurts my top five quarterbacks that I'm looking out for this season Justin Herbert I love Herbert I don't have any big expectations of him outside of making the playoffs I just want to see him take another jump in his career which I think he can take right now so and I've been on Herbert since he got drafted I thought he was the um, he was gonna have the most surprising jump in his quarterback class, and I think everybody's seeing it now. So uh Justin Herbert totally agree with that. Josh Allen. Josh, bro. I've been I've been on the Bills bandwagon for three seasons. Damn it since we started the podcast. <laughs> I've been telling people the Bills are coming, and the past two seasons, the Bills have been here, but y'all keep falling short. I get it. It's Patrick Mahomes, it's the Chiefs. It's a monster you're going against in the AFC. Y'all are the two big wigs over there. I get that. But y'all have fallen in them too many times now. And y'all just got your boy um, on defense, uh, got them uh, Von, Miller. Von Miller. You just got Von Miller. So your defense took a step forward. They were already pretty straight. But having that IQ of Von Miller just helps make it a lot easier. The offense is still what it was. I know we don't expect quarterbacks to always save the day. But Josh Allen, you at a point now where it's like if you want to be on that Mahomes, Brady level, Aaron Rodgers level, I'm going to need some save the game type of moments in the playoffs. So that's two. Uh three. Mm. Tua, I'll have bless you. I have Tua in my top 5, too. This is this has to be Tua's best season, bro. If Tua can't get it done this season with the squad he has now, we're we're gonna get an answer on how his playoff, not his playoff, his NFL. Oh, they career, already got a replacement. The is gonna go.
0: Oh, they already got a replacement. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, bro. Hey, Lamar. Hey, yeah. they gonna make. They gonna find a way. <laughs> they are gonna hey, find a way bro. to get Lamar to the career, man.
1: If Tua can't make the playoffs and at least win a playoff game this year, this mm-hmm. is gonna tell the story for the rest of his NFL career on what we can expect. Uh, four. Hmm. Who I got at four right now? I'll agree with Patrick Mahomes uh, as a quarterback to look out for. He still has weapons. You got Valdez, Scantlin. You got Kelsey. You you still got people over there in Kansas City. But like you said, your bailout option is no longer there. So it's really going to come down to are you a real dot thrower for real or are you just relying on the talent to get the ball as soon as you throw it up? And that's crazy to say for Patrick Mahomes because he's talented as all can be. But every hero is tested when they lose their greatest asset or their greatest weapon. So I really want to see what Patrick Mahomes can do. And for that fifth spot, Lamar Jackson. I gotta have a I gotta have an eye for Lamar Jackson. Yes, you don't have as many weapons anymore. We're losing Brown, Marquise Brown, and you already ain't had nobody else outside of that for real. You still got Mark Andrews, but that's a tight end, and that ain't even a top three tight end in the league. So well, I mean, he, he definitely top three. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's top
0: right. three. He, he top three. He top three. It's, oh. it's, it's, Kittle, it's Kittle, Kelsey, and the Heat 3. Hold
1: on. I can hold on. Right, you could definitely. Oh, no. Go. It's Kittle, Kelsey. Oh, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby. What? You can put Tyler no. Higby. Yeah.
0: What? No. Higby?
1: I'm, putting, I'm telling you, I'm the, putting Tyler Higby above Mark It's no, Mark no way that you
0: just compared Higby to Mark Andrews, bro. It's no way you did it. Tyler it's Higby. no way As that. of right now, it's, as of no, right now, I got Tyler not, Higby. Never, of not never. Of not never. Of not yes. never, bro. Yes. Oh, I was expecting you to say so many other names. You say, what other names? What other names are you going to say? I you going to say Waller from Oakland. I was like, I would have listened to you if you would have said him. Tyler Higby. Hell Tyler Higby, no, Higby, I'm not listening to no goddamn I, All right, that's fine. That's fine.
1: Wait till the season <laughs> starts. I'm going to right, hold you to this. I'm going to hold you to this. Don't hold me to
0: that, bro. We can but bet I'm, some I'm, cheese I'm, on that if you want.
1: I'm looking at Lamar Jackson right now just because as much as we know he's lacking on the offensive side. I still need to see him make plays when he can and when he's responsible. I I don't want to give him the sob story of he ain't got nobody to throw to, so that's why he's probably throwing inaccurate. That's why he's probably throwing interceptions like I I need to see him be an accurate quarterback and make plays with receivers that may not be you know top caliber of the NFL. Like enough to where the blame won't be on you for why y'all don't win games. That's all I'm saying. I need Lamar Jackson to be good enough to where it's like, damn, he did what he was supposed to do. So Herbert, Tua, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and um, uh, what you call it, Josh Allen.
0: And another one I'm going to give y'all a freebie, bro. Somebody I think is going to have a huge year, that boy Derek Carr. We going to see another Derek Mm. Carr because we never seen Derek Carr with the number one option you can go through all of the years that he's been in oakland las vegas whatever he's never had a number one yeah he had darren waller for the past couple of years but i'm talking about a number one wide receiver he been having to make it work with people like uh what's my man name Play that clemson oh why am i blanking on his name renfro he got bust it with people like renfro and oh, yeah. people like that bryce o'brien oh Ember, hold on i like, like that now
1: Riffle cool,
0: crazy. but that's not supposed Riffle. to be your number goddamn one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That ain't that ain't supposed to be. to be your number. He making their shape with niggas like Renfro and shit. Bro, Carr is going to have a huge year. Devontae Adams is going to have a huge year because he's going to take a attention away from Waller. So I think Waller is going to have a big year because of that because you can't double team both of them. Somebody going to get off. And we know even if Devontae gets double. He's still going to find a way to get open because he was getting double, triple teamed in Green Bay. He was still getting 150 yards a game. So he's going to find a way to get open. This is going to be a huge season for Derek Carr. He's proven that he can make the playoffs with less talent. So I'm expecting a huge year for the Raiders in general. They should be winning this AFC West division. Them, the Chargers and the Chiefs should be up in that conversation where like battling out for number one. And I honestly give the Raiders Raiders a little edge over them. I really do.
1: Mm. Hey, that's going to be the toughest division this whole right. season.
0: Definitely up there for sure. Definitely up there. All right, man, what's the next one?
1: Next question, who do you think will be the best wide receiver this season?
0: Mm. I want to say Cup because Matt Stafford going to look for Cup no matter where he at. <laughs> Matt Stafford going to that with <laughs> to Cup. But... <laughs> Cause, bro, and I feel like enough—not enough—people are putting respect on Cooper Cup's name, bro. Like that yeah. dude just won the Triple Crown last year, and people acting like pushing him to the side when we having top five talks. Like now, nah, he top three. He's at least top three, and I can't be mad at you if he won. Cause honestly, he was like that the whole last season. He just right. won Super Bowl MVP. How are we gonna knock this nigga out? If he won Super Bowl MVP. I don't understand it, but he's up there. But I'll I'm, I'm still say Devontae. I think Devontae's still going to be like that in Oakland, bro, or in uh, Las Vegas. I think he's still going to be number one. But Justin Jefferson going to be in that talk, too. Justin Jefferson, right, yeah.
1: Mm, who I think is going to be the best wide receiver this year? Uh, I ain't going to lie. I'm going to go Jamar Chase, bro. I think we're going to see a fantastic number two – um, not number two, year two for Jamar Chase, bro. I, I think it's – this is going to be fire, bro. He's he's going to touch, I say, he's going to touch 1300, 1,300 yards.
0: Do you think we see a regression from the Cincinnati Bengals after obviously over-exceeding any expectations and getting to the Super Bowl, almost winning that motherfucker? Do you think we see a step back from Joe Burrow in this team after that type of leap?
1: I don't think so, just because... It wasn't expected. Like it just it happened out of nowhere. Yeah, they're young and yeah, it's like, hey, you can let that get to your head and you might not play as good your best your next season. Cause it's like, hey, we was just in the Super Bowl. I don't give a damn. But mm. I don't see that with this team. I see I see hunger in Joe Burrow's eyes. I feel like Burrow, we're gonna be saying Joe Burrow and Super Bowl in the same sentence for a lot of years. Like I really see that happening. So I can see them making another deep playoff run. I ain't finna sit here and say they're going to be a Super Bowl favorite, but that's going to be a team again this season that it's like, we're going to see them coming now. Last season, it was like, damn, ain't nobody else in their way. They finna make it, and they made it. But this time, it's like, hey, we're going to keep a lookout for this young buck team. But Jamar Chase, he he finna touch 1,300 yards. I got Jamar Chase as my best receiver for this season.
0: I got Devontae, but man, do not be surprised with Justin Jefferson, bro, because I think that man coming for, not really revenge, because he was crazy last year, but bro, when you play for a team like the Vikings, who they going to be middle of the pack, maybe eight wins, maybe nine wins. He can really eat over there because he going to be like Randy Mawson being that nigga it the whole time. Like, bitch, give me the ball. Give me the ball every goddamn play. He going to be in that nigga Kirk it to get that rock, bro. That nigga might touch 2,000 receiving yards because he going to be in that nigga Kirk yeah the whole season. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's Justin Jefferson, but I think it's either Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams. Mm.
1: Next question. Uh, who do you think is going to be the best running back this season?
0: This is such a tough question for me, bro, because I love McCaffrey, but that nigga can't stay healthy, bro. Because when he's healthy, that nigga the best one. But man, that shit just annoys me. But um, the best running back, bro, who you got? I'll let you go first. Who you got?
1: It was either gonna be Derrick Henry or um, I think Najee Harris might have a good Ooh, chance.
0: Ooh,
1: that's a good one. It's either going to be Derek or Najee because Najee finna going to get so many touches this yeah, year.
0: Yeah, I agree. With, that's a good one, bro. Yeah, because they got to rely on him because you got either you rolling out with a rookie quarterback and Kenny Pickett or you rolling out mm-hmm. with Mitch Trubisky. So, and either, either way, way they're to make yeah. him the head of the <laughs> <Exactly>. offense. <off-mitch. laughs> exactly. Either way, you look. I'll go with Najee.
1: Najee. I, I'll say Najee for the um, best running back this season.
0: You know, I'm going to pick an interesting one. I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb usually is one of the best running backs anyway, but I'm hearing a lot of reports about Kareem Hunt wants to be traded. Earlier this week, he requested a trade because they're not going to give him the contract extension that he wants and stuff like that. So that means a bigger role for Chubb because he doesn't have to split carries. I think that's a big reason why he continues to stay healthy because he splits carries. But if you give him more carries and more catches, more overall touches, that means more production. And he was already putting up hella touches and hella numbers on split carries. You know what I'm saying? So I think he's going to have a huge season. I'm rolling out with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, my my running back.
1: And last question Who do you think will have the best defense this season?
0: Damn, bro. Who's going to have the best defense? It might be the Rams again, dog. It might be the, be Rams. the Rams again. <laughs> Even <laughs> yeah. with losing Von Miller, it's, yeah. it's probably going to be the Rams, bro. It might still be the Rams, bro, because they got they got a lot of help in uh, the draft as well. They got a, not a lot of key pieces. And just scrolling down the list, I'm not seeing anybody that's really jumping out. The Browns always have the talent, but it never really comes together like on the field. So I'm gonna just roll out with the Rams. I think the Rams have a, a very good. Do- ah. Ooh, hold on! I seen another I sleeper one. Let's I seen go another go sleeper, sleeper one. The Indianapolis Colts. They're going to be Ooh. up there for tough de- to, top defense. Because obviously, there was already a top defense anyway last year with Darius Leonard and all of them boys on that defense. But they added Stephon Gilmore, one of the best cornerbacks in the league as well. So obviously, that's going to just raise the level of the defense in general. Because that was the one weakness of the defense last year was the secondary. So adding somebody like him obviously will help it. I think they drafted at that position too. And they really kept everybody from the past seasons. I think the Colts are another team that will be in that discussion. So the Rams or the Colts.
1: Uh, I like the Rams two other teams that I think people should look out for the Dolphins and the Cowboys regardless of what the Cowboys record is going to be I think they're going to have one of the most efficient defenses as far as like front seven anyway not a secondary that's a whole different conversation but I think their front seven is going to be strong enough to where they're in conversations with top five defense in the NFL so I agree with the Rams probably being the best answer, but the Dolphins and the Cowboys.
0: And the Chargers should be in that conversation too because they spent a lot of money on that defense bringing in my boy uh, Khalil Mack and all that. So you got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on the same team. Like, nigga, y'all should be wrecking nothing but havoc the whole season, bro. Y'all should be wrecking nothing but havoc in that because they can't double team both of y'all. Somebody got to (laughs) eat. Somebody got to eat, bro. So, that's another team who's going to be in that conversation, bro. That's another team.
1: I don't even know who's scarier. Is Bosa coming off the <laughs> left scary or uh, Khalil coming off the right? Like, that's a scary sight either and way. And you it's already you terrible. know you're going to have
0: my man uh Derwin James in the back.
1: Secondary yeah. lurking,
0: too. He's going to come knock <laughs> your head off, too, in the damn backfield. So, hey, the Chargers are going to be another one, bro. Uh, they're going to be another team to look out for. And you know one but, team yeah. that I'm really thinking that's going to have a huge drop-off? I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it for that. I'm gonna save it for that. You said a drop off. Yeah. I think I think somebody I think somebody going to have a huge drop off this year. Patriots. Huh? I'm gonna save it. 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 It's got to be the Patriots. It can't be anybody else. It literally can't be anybody else. All right, man. We going we I'm gonna just save it, bro. I'm gonna just save it. Got to give the people a teaser.
1: Unless you talk about a specific player, the Patriots are the only team that makes <laughs> it. <laughs> this man for the say, the Patriots only for to get five dogs. Calm down. <laughs>
0: Calm down. <laughs> we have to see. All right, moving on to social media. Wants to know, are Jordans going out of style?
1: Yeah, bro. So it's back to school time. And y'all know what that means. New clothes and uniforms and new shoes. But instead of kids rocking the iconic retro Jordans, we have come to know and love for the past 30 years. Luxury brand clothing, shoes are beginning to dominate the the world of school footwear. Like, I'm seeing kids come to school at Alexander McQueen's and and Gucci's and Yeezy Slides and whatnot. And I I thought this was an interesting topic because Quincy has posed this question before of will Jordans ever go out of style? And I've been the advocate of saying no. Like, Jordan has become a brand that is just going to stand the test of time. And do I think they're going to fall off in a sense of people ain't going to be buying them no more? No. But are they falling off in a sense of they're not even popular school shoes to wear? I, I definitely think that age is among us right now.
0: That's an interesting topic, bro, because once again, with this TikTok social media craze, everybody on social media not wearing the J's like that, bro. Everybody on TikTok wearing the Alexander McQueen's, some type of Chucks, or it's the Hot Top Chucks. So everybody well, wants the to- Yeah, everybody. It's a copycat generation, bro. Yeezys are way more popular than what they once were. So it's a copycat generation. Everybody sees something on social media, sees a, a celebrity with it. It's like, okay, I want to be like them. Like, my sister just got some uh, some Alexander McQueen, so she wanted some Alexander McQueen. It's like, damn, like, it ain't the Jays no more. It's not the bronze that drop that the kids want. Like, it's really these other shoes, these other brands, and that's interesting, bro. That's very interesting to me. Kids Dior's. be having on
1: Dior like crazy, bro. Like, and it's like, are,
0: are these are these shoes becoming way more affordable? Or are nope. kids just finding these in different ways? Because I'm like, I'm seeing kids wearing these shoes now. Parents, it's
1: like, parents are
0: dropping them bags <laughs> on these school clothes, bro. I'm telling you. Because that's my biggest question because my mom wouldn't even look at no like, Alexander McQueen's. No, Hell like, bro, wow. we staying in this section like Jay's was the highest that was going. Jay's like, were the highest we were yeah, going. like that 220 <laughs> or that 200. That it was a high school, that's kind of pushing it, my boy. You know, but these shows like three, four hundred dollars. It's like they dropped some major bread on these shoes, bro. But shout out to one shoe that would never go out of style, Air Force Ones. They will ever, oh, yeah. sure. ever stay in style. But the thing is, with Jordan's. Will they go out of style in a sense of they won't be popular anymore? No, they'll still be popular. It just depends on what release is dropping or what type of Jordan is dropping. If it's a retro, whether it's the Olympic 7s, whether it's a certain shoe, the Concord 11s, if it's a certain shoe that you know is a classic, everybody going to want that shoe. But you just can't drop any colorway and think them bitches going to be off the shelf in a, a day. Cause it's just not like that anymore. People are not fresh yeah. for Jordans like they used to, bro. It ain't like our inter- uh, generation. It's a lot of options out here too. It wasn't as many options uh, back then as there is now.
1: I, I think there were options back then, but like you said, the social media aspect of it is what changed so much. Like the way kids kids have access to technology. And I say more advanced technology than we did, because we had technology when we were kids, but it's nowhere near the tech that kids have now. And there were apps that we didn't have going through middle and high school that they got now, like Instagram Reels, TikTok, Snapchat has um revolutionized itself over and over again, you know, so people are sharing their daily lives and their wardrobes a lot more because Alexander McQueen's ain't new, Gucci shoes ain't new, Dior shoes ain't new, but all of these social medias and the way the big wigs and the, the way the celebrities and the athletes show what they wear all the time now, as opposed to when we were younger, people would just, you, you couldn't go on somebody's page and they got a Dior sponsorship or they got a, a Gucci endorsement or something like to where they're pushing these brands on you. The brand that was pushed on us was Jordan. The brands that are being pushed on kids now are just totally different, way more expensive, but they're different.
0: And the thing about Jordan's, like when we were in school, it was a semblance of status. If you had yeah. Jordans, you were it was like, Oh, you got money, like okay, you know what I'm saying? You a type of cool type of dude. It was a certain status that came with Jays. I don't think they still have that type of uh that type J's of Jays don't order. have that status no more. It don't got people that look status at it like no bro, more.
1: oh you it's got like, yeah, you got Jays, that's gorgeous. cool. Everybody got Jays, like yeah, nigga, like, you feel what I'm saying? What that's a, and that's the change, <laughs> and I
0: think that's what's the biggest change of it. Is it's not the it's not the top of the food chain no more. Like y'all drop yeah. when it comes to that. When well, you them Alexander McQueens, the Balenciaga, those Yeezys, or what they, or them uh, them dunks are still popular, like them dunks go rising up the, the, the pyramid, but those Jordans they dropping down, bro. When you talk about status, they dropping down. That's just the the, that, the era we're living in. That is I crazy. I never
1: thought I would see the day, bro. I never thought I'd see the day where Jordans aren't the top shoe anymore. And and maybe it's just what we're seeing on social media, you know, maybe it's just what whatever the algorithms are putting True. in our faces. Facts, facts. But that that's crazy how I've seen so many school shoes of of like first graders and fifth graders like Yeezy what? Yeezy slides. I'm like $350, <laughs> $400 slides like Oh my God. No cap, bro. We we sound old as hell. Times are just. We
0: do, but no, it's crazy because Jordans, I thought Jordans were going to be something that not really stood the test of time, but I thought it was going to last longer than what it's lasted. Like, we just graduated high school, what, six years ago? If you would have told me in high school that six years from now, Jordan's not going to be the top of the food chain, I would have laughed your ass off. I was still trying to get my... be like
1: the fourth popular shoe. You're gonna yeah, be like, like I would have been like,
0: bro, Jordan's never gonna go down to that extreme. So to see them like behind some brands now, it's like, hey, all right, bro, That shit kind of getting to that point. Like I said, there are still colorways in certain shoes that you will go grab if you're a Jordan head oh, yeah. for sure. But you're not going out and just grabbing anything like Jordan used to do. Jordan could have dropped anything, and them bitches would have been off the shelves the next day. Sure. It ain't like that no more, bro. Bro, it ain't like, like that. if you
1: if you see Concord, Cement Force, Grape Fives, like those, like shoes, like those are always gonna sell out. The Brad Elevens was like that too. The the Brad Elevens, like man, off the, the, the OG colorway ones, high top ones, like it's certain colorways for certain retro the candy cane 14s like yeah. certain shits like that are going yeah. to go crazy every time
0: I think the ones have become the most popular, Jordan. Though no, it wasn't like that, I feel like it when wasn't. I was it was, it was like the like, 11. I felt like the, well, 11 was the so, 11s Yeah, 11s, the 11s were more 11. so the most popular. But the ones, yeah. my sister was looking for some ones. She was like, she wants some ones. If my if my sister asked me about any shoe, I'm assuming this shit was popular on TikTok. Because I assume that she'd be looking at <laughs> this shit the whole time and she sees somebody wearing some ones. You feel me? So uh, she really keeps me up to date with that. So she wanted some uh some ones, and I'm like. That must be the thing. So those yeah, ones, ones are still coming in Very popular. Now. Yeah, the ones, the dunks, shit like that, but everything else kind of falling by the wayside. So crazy. Yeah. That
1: that was crazy. I just had to bring up that topic because these kids, these new kids rich, boy.
0: <laughs> hey, gotta be something, but our pockets was not the same. We had a recession and niggas still walk around. We had a recession. <laughs> niggas
1: walk around with Dior, Christian, Christian. Um Christian Dior and Emilio Pucci. Like what? <laughs> But we're all eating the same food. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) We're all going to the same social events. Yeah.
0: Crazy town we living in for sure. All right, man. Moving on to entertainment, the current events. We got the Breakfast Club split.
1: Yeah. So, Tuesday night, Angela Yee, co-host of the show, tweeted, The Breakfast Club, as you know it, is officially over. So, starting in 2010 and getting nationally syndicated in 2013, We've come to know the Breakfast Club as one of the most central units of the hip hop culture. It's like after 106 ended, I feel like me personally, I feel like the Breakfast Club was the next platform to where if an artist went on the Breakfast Club, you felt like you made it. Like back then when niggas got on 106 in part, it's like, hey, bro, you made it for real. Like niggas know who you are. And it got like that with The Breakfast Club. Whether you like them or not, whether you fuck with Charlemagne or their opinions or whatever, that's a different conversation. But I think the impact that they had, whether it's positive or negative on the culture, it's something that we have to always remember when it comes to. The culture of hip hop. When it comes to black culture, when it comes to media culture, like they shook the table with a lot of stuff with different topics they conversed about, and and just so much other stuff. Charlemagne and DJ Envy had an episode today, and their their Breakfast Club card still work to get in the building. Um, but Angela Yee, she's starting her own show and she's still going to keep doing lip service on the, her other show as well. And you mm-hmm. know, Charlemagne got all of his other shit going on. So yeah. they might have a couple more episodes with just envy and Charlemagne, but eventually it will just come to a complete end.
0: Oh, so I cause that's why I was I was confused. I was like, are they just gonna continue to run it with just Charlamagne and Envy? Or are they gonna replace her? Like, I,
1: I don't think they should keep it going. Like I feel if it's if one of them leaving, they all just need to give it yeah. up. Though,
0: right? And it's funny because when she tweeted that, this is what I really thought when she tweeted that. I was like, she weeding out the snakes for real, because she wanna see who her haters are. Because what her tweet said is that the breakfast club as you know it is over. So everybody was like, Oh, we hate the Breakfast Club, fuck the Breakfast Club, da, 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 da. But I already knew from the stuff, she never said that the Breakfast Club was gonna be done for. I thought they were gonna do some type of rebrand, they was gonna leave revolt and go to a different network. So I'm like, oh, she weeding out the snakes to see who they really fuck with them, <laughs> who would have reacted to this type of way, this that the third. But the fact to see that she's actually leaving was kind of surprising, though. I wouldn't have thought that she was the one to leave first. I would have thought it was Charlamagne the one because he's doing so much outside of the radio shit, or I'm seeing that he's doing so much outside of the radio shit that I would have thought he would have been the one to leave to do the TV shit full time. But shout out to Angela. You forget her own shit though. Definitely wasn't expecting it. Yeah. And definitely salute to the Breakfast Club because they've been a huge part of the community for a long time. Love or hate them. Oh,
1: sure, bro, for sure. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who that next platform is gonna be right now either. Because it's like it's so many podcasts
0: though, bro. That you yeah. you kind of cool with it.
1: I don't. I don't know if I'm cool with it, bro. Because we like as a culture, bro. We need that one platform that it's just the platform. I don't know if I like it to where it's like, hey, it's fair game. You hear news wherever you hear news. It's like, yeah, it's cool that everybody gets a voice nowadays, but don't nothing hit like getting home at a certain time and cutting on a live show of the culture or like having a a radio episode every day of the culture like that everyone listens to, that everyone gravitates to, that contributes to everything we want to hear and know. Like, I, I think we need that, bro. That's something the culture always needs.
0: But you're getting that with podcasts. And I think that's something that kind of took them out of the game and why they just kind of dropped in popularity over the last couple of years. Because when they first started to bubble up, they were the first uh, people to actually be on a radio show and interview these high-ranking, whether they was politicians, celebrities, rappers, whatever, and you get to hear them actually get an interview you, see it on YouTube. Like, that was some dope shit. But now, since 2017, everybody's doing that now. You got Drink Champs. You got the Joe Budden Podcast. You got all of these different platforms where they're interviewing celebrities. You're getting better interviews from them because it's kind of restricted when you're on the radio. You can't say as much because it's like it's a limit to it. But when you're on these podcasts, especially Drink Champs, you can say whatever the fuck you want. You can talk so openly. So I think that kind of took them out of the game. Were they still a a central part of the radio for sure? But I think the podcast kind of took away from their impact in the same light. You know, I think that's why we end up getting to this point. But it's been 12 years, though. Like, I'm yeah. not surprised that this happened. <laughs> like, this, it feels mm-hmm. like a, a nice stepping off point for Angela Yee to do her own show. It feels right for Charlemagne to do TV full time or and DJ Envy to sell cars or whatever the fuck he do on his free time. Like, <laughs> he do It really. just feels like, yeah, yeah <laughs> do the auto car show, whatever the fuck he does. <laughs> like, it just feels like the right time for them to just separate. Y'all been there for 12 was... years.
1: I wasn't upset or surprised like you, like, like you said, it's been 10, 12 years, you know, shit. It's a lot of radio shows that can't say they were together that yeah. long or Steve Harvey Morning
0: show need to be getting to this point too.
1: Exactly. <laughs> hey, yeah. too. At some point, they, Hey, we love them strawberry lettuce, but at some point it got to end my guy, it got to end, <laughs> but, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, what I was going to say, I just didn't expect it to happen so abruptly and not over mm-hmm. Twitter. You would think they would take an actual on air moment to say, we have a major announcement for you all and do it as a group, but we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know if they just didn't really care to do it that way. I just felt like over a decade of giving us the content you've given us for us to find out through a tweet just from one of you, not even on the Breakfast Club Twitter page from one of y'all personal pages, it was kind of like, mm, is it smoke in the air? Like what, what's going on for
0: real? Yeah. And I don't know. And that's why I was kind of like shaky on it, like, oh, no, nah, she's trying to weed out snakes. Because, like, why is she the only one who said it? But it makes yeah. sense that she's the one who ended up leaving at the end of the day. So I was like, OK, she might have agreed to the deal last night, happy and shit. Oh, yeah. The breakfast club is over. You bitch ass niggas. I'm gone. I could have been her energy when she tweeted that. <laughs> so it, it makes sense after we realize, like, the totality of what happened, bro. But I'm interested to see what Charlamagne does. He's the person I'm really looking at yeah, in this whole thing with this breakup and everything. Like, what can you do? Because you were the person that was carrying honestly Breakfast Club, in my opinion, for the past 12 years, yeah. 10, 12 years. So it's like the impact that he can have on the culture outside of radio, uh, with that time being freed up now. I'm interested to see what he does with it. So I, I'm me excited too. from that aspect, bro. So hey salute the breakfast Club because they like i said they've been a huge part i was just listening to them like last week so i was like damn and they were still like a dope listen they're still a dope listen when they have yep. uh uh interviewers or interviews uh on the podcast or on the radio show it's still dope it's a dope time because everybody is such a different personality you're not getting the same thing from every you know what i'm saying person or on the panel or whatever so it's just right a Dope perspective but i don't know and moving on to the Kim K and Pete Davidson breakup not going to spend too much time on it but i was just hearing some <laughs> wild shit about this break about this breakup because i heard that Pete Davidson basically had a Michael B Jordan moment where he proposed to Kim Kim mm. said no and that's when the that's how the breakup basically ended up happening. Is that true or not? I don't know. That was just something that I ended up reading. Can I can't trust everything you read though. So I don't know. I, but I'm I hearing, don't know mm,
1: if I was Pete.
0: I would have been together, be were together we for about no. a little minute
1: though. A few months. It was like the people been together for a few months. It may feel it like a long than time because they've been months, bro. It's been long. No, than it wasn't, months. bro.
0: They have I not see, been When did Don come out? When did Donda come anyone out? Anyone when did Donda come out?
1: Donda came out September 3rd,
0: 2021. That's around the time they dated. So, about a year.
1: Almost a year. Man, Because I feel like that's when he, he, he started He started bubbling up in conversation around that time. But were they full-blown just claiming each other as dating? No, not by then.
0: Yeah, that's about a year. Because Donna released on August 29th of 2021. So, it was around that time. Somebody, so Pete was ready to settle down because Pete been in a lot of messed up relationships. If y'all know that situation with uh, Ariana Grande, I think he tried to propose to Ariana Grande. She ended up curving him. So Pete said, "I'm trying to tie it down. I'm with Kim K. Fuck it, ain't got curved again." Apparently,
1: I don't know. I don't know if it was smart if he did do this. I don't think it's smart of him because it's like, bro, she just got out of a marriage, and yeah, y'all, she may love you, she may really like you, all of that, but it's like that's. A very big step, and that's very soon because y'all just started talking. Not now, if y'all had some type of connection, the entire like marriage she was in with Kanye, or whatever. <laughs> behind the scenes, yeah, like she would technically be cheating at that point. But yeah. it's like if you had that type of connection with her, and then you pop the question. Okay, but y'all just started talking. Y'all are. And half of the time y'all were talking, they were still trying to get divorced. Like they weren't exactly, exactly. And that's and that's a good point. She is, she's fully divorced now. Yeah, but it's like "Mm, that's still kind of soon because, bro, they got multiple kids together, they did a lot of business together. Their names are so attached to each other that they they damn near can't go a couple days without speaking to each other sometimes. So it's like that's just a big thing to do. And you're so fresh in her life. I ain't mad he proposed. I'm just mad. It's like, damn, you did that quick as hell.
0: And honestly, Kim might have been saving him by saying no. Because let's keep it real. What the hell Kanye would have did if he would have seen Kim married to this nigga? Kanye would have went crazy, bro. Kanye would have went crazy again. I see he with his little chick or whatever. But Kanye would have went nuts if he would have seen Kim K married to somebody else especially a few months after the divorce was final, Kanye would have felt the way about it, whether it was online harassment like we were seeing uh, earlier in the year or maybe some in-person shit. I don't know. But I just know the energy would have been weird when they would have interacted. So maybe Kim was just uh, saving him from that. And honestly, with the...
1: One one thing I don't like, though, I didn't like how... um... Kanye was trolling him after everybody found out the news when he posted that Instagram newspaper that said Skeet Davidson dead at age 28. I didn't like that because it's like, bro, the the tongue is so powerful, bro. Like, and you just you never know. Like, what if he would have posted that and then literally the next day something would have happened to Pete Davidson? It's kind of like that's not funny. Like, yeah, y'all can troll each other all y'all want, but saying to the point of where you're saying like, oh, he, this man died today. And Pete Davidson is known to deal with depression and all that yeah. type of stuff because he talks about it with his dad and everything. Like, he makes jokes about his dad being in 911 and all of that, but like, that's some shit that really fucks with him. So, as somebody who's dealing with depression and everything, and you break up with somebody and the news comes out, you probably got embarrassed and as part of the breakup is like, saying somebody died is like, you're kind of possibly speaking that into fruition. It's
0: no it's no way Pete Davidson is the only 28. It's no way.
1: Yeah he young as hell.
0: Pete Davidson is 28 years old. I think he been him. on SNL for like 10 years. Like bro there's no way Pete Davidson is fucking I used to
1: years. I used to watch him on um on Guy Code on MTV. He was only 18 a few years ago.
0: Bro what
1: he's only like 28 Eight. and like 2012 or wow. 2013 yeah
0: That's crazy.
1: He was 18 years old when I used to watch Got Code, and that was like our freshman year.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. I thought he was way older than that. Damn.
1: He ain't even 30, bro. He's not even 30
0: yet. (laughs) That's crazy. And and that's another
1: thing. Kim K out of another marriage, and you ain't even 30, she damn near 45. It's like Mm. y'all ain't even, y'all not close in age. She just got out of another marriage in her life. And it's like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Now I see that uh, Pete Davidson said that uh, he has to go to therapy or something because of all of the Kanye harassment that he's been getting. So obviously the the weight of that relationship did weigh heavy on him. All of the trolling back and forth did weigh heavy on him. And then adding this uh, quote unquote, uh, what do you call it? Just a breakup with Kim K obviously will compound everything when it comes to the therapy, bro. So Definitely shout out to Pete, man. He going to bounce back on his feet, especially when he's 28. I thought this nigga was way older than this. He'll be fine. And one thing I
1: don't understand about people, people wanted Kanye and Kim to break up so bad because black people in general just wanted him out of that Kardashian life. But then we got on Pete Davidson head when he started dating Kim K because Ye started showing how he missed her, he want her back, and he was so sad. So people went from saying, you need to leave her. They actually split up. Oh, no, nah, why Why you with his wife? Like, that's still his wife, technically, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what? And people are okay with Kanye trolling um, Pete Davidson. But whenever Pete Davidson says something bad, Kanye has mental health issues. Like, that's not fair. You're with his woman. Don't make fun of him on top of it. It's like Pete Davidson was in a situation where it's like, I I can't. Y'all don't want me talking to her, but y'all don't want him with her. And if he talk about me, I can't talk about him. It was just a weird situation.
0: Moving on to the next topic, we have Jeanette McCurdy's memoir, Backlash. So if you do not know, Jeanette McCurdy came out with a a memoir this week, and it was titled, I'm Glad My Mom Died." And obviously, with a title like that, it's going to get backlash because everybody knows how sensitive they are about their parents. But if you don't know uh, Jeanette McCurdy's background with her mom, she was abused verbally. Uh, She said she was forced into acting. She feels like she was abused in the past with... uh, on the iCarly show with Dan Schneider, the producer. So it was a lot of stories that she ended up saying in this memoir about the Nickelodeon days, her mom, everything between uh Sam and Kat, Ariana Grande, Miranda Cosgrove. This is basically like a tell all about everybody. And an interesting thing that I read is that Nickelodeon wanted to pay her $300,000 to keep yep. everything that she said under wraps. They did not want this memoir to come out, but she ended up declining that deal because obviously she wouldn't be able to tell everything that she ended up telling in this book. And obviously she ended up telling everything about the, the office or the work environment at Nickelodeon and ended up telling uh some stuff about Dan Schneider, the producer. So it was a lot of things being spilled in the the the, the memoir.
1: And I don't even think she used his name. She referenced him as the Creator,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just so to I mean, save
1: from any um any defamation of character stuff she she did that to save her ass,
0: yeah. And it's funny because you see people like Jeanette McCarty step away from the industry and it's like, damn, you were so popular for so long. Like, why you stepped away? And it's like you realize stuff like this happened in their past. Like, while wow, being a child actor, you got to go through all of this work environment. You got to deal with producers like this hostile work environment. She even talked about Ariana Grande. uh she was like a part-time employee at that time. She was a part-time actress because she was singing at one point and she was trying to do the Sam McCat show. And that basically left Jeanette McCurdy in a situation where it's like, damn, you get to play a part-time actress, part-time singer, and I got to be on the set doing like half-assed work because you're not here with me. So that's something that really retracted her from acting because she's seen how the game really is and the favoritism mm-hmm. between one actress over another. And that's why you really haven't seen anything from Jeanette McCurdy from Sam Cat* because that really completely turned her off. And she's really just been somebody who you might see her in an interview here and there, but you really don't see her this often. So that's why this uh, this tell-all book or this memoir was such a big deal because you really do not hear from her. So when you hear something like she's ragging on everybody from Nickelodeon, she's talking about her mom, she's talking about her past and growing up in this type of industry, people listen and people believe. So I just think it's dope.
1: And she's talked about all this stuff before. She's never really wrote it in a memoir for real, but she's been talking about this for like the past three, four years now. So this isn't Mm -hmm. something like Jeanette McCurdy just been quiet and she's just doing this to get a buzz. It's like, no, this is, this is true. Like she's been talking about this for a long time and I think Miranda Cosgrove and the rest of the iCarly cast they've been questioning about it and of course you know it's it's awkward for them because I I doubt Miranda Cosgrove did anything or was a part of anything but witnessing what may have happened it was uncomfortable for them to answer questions and they probably feel guilty too because it's like they probably seen stuff that that happened but if you say something, does that mess up your bag? Does that jeopardize your career? I'm not saying it's right that they probably didn't say anything, but that's probably what was going through their head.
0: Yeah, because obviously uh, Jeanette McCurdy didn't come back for the iCarly reboot, and that was a big thing. She didn't want to come mm-hmm. back because of Dan Schneider being connected to the series, and he was somebody who was like begging her to come back so it can be a full reboot, but he, she just didn't fuck with him and uh, it, it was really a lot of backlash more so towards like the mom situation like i see a lot of yeah. people like ragging on her because she obviously titled the memoir i'm glad my mom died but it's just so much that goes into it and you really can't just judge a book by its cover at that point like you have right. to dive into like the whole past with her and her mother and that whole entire background and if you do you'll understand like why she said that it's like yeah she doesn't really feel that way like yeah she feels glad in a sense that her mom has died because of like the abuse that she caused her but it's like a a jokey thing and like an attention-grabbing thing that she ended up saying in the interview more so about the thing than anything Mm -hmm. so i feel like it's a story behind the title more so than just reading it and saying like damn she glad her mom died like damn she really a bitch for that it's like no it's a story behind it like people need to listen to what she's saying especially when you're a child actor growing up in this industry and i think that's something that like young parents should be looking at you know what I'm saying? Like a blueprint. Like this is what you should not do. This is what you should look for in producers. If they doing shit like whatever she's writing about in the book, this is what you should steer away from. I feel like this memoir can be a good guide for parents or young actor actors or actresses that are coming into this industry, bro. Because it's really a hostile work environment for a lot of these people. A lot of these actors that come out of this industry say the same things. They say similar things about it, it's just too much on them at one time. And it's just that Jeanette McCurdy, it's really her turn to, you know, take a stand and talk about it. So I still fuck with Jeanette, though. Shout out to her. iCarly is still the greatest show, one of the greatest shows I've ever watched. So definitely appreciate her for being a part of that shit, for sure. Because that was really my childhood, for real. Damn. I
1: yeah, I Carly it. was fire. Especially I after, was at... after Drake and Josh, I ain't know what was going to be that next Nickelodeon yeah. show that stuck me to the TV. And it was I Carly.
0: Yeah, it was definitely. I Carly goaded for sure. I Carly it. And the good thing that she wrote on her memoir is that her and Miranda Cosgrove are still friends. They just don't mm-hmm. talk as much as they used to, obviously, when they were working together, but they're still friends. Yeah. And that's something that a people always question about it. Cause it's like, she didn't come back to the I Carly reboot. Did it have something to do with Miranda Cosgrove? Did it have something to do with some people on the, the cast list? But now she's still friends with a lot of people that she, came in contact with in this industry in LA, but it was just certain people that really turned her off to the whole acting industry, and one of them mm. being Dan Schneider. So that was just good to me, because I, I want that to still be a thing. Like Y'all are such yeah. a big part of our childhood, and y'all not being friends is just weird, bro. It was similar with that Drake and Josh shit. I heard the same yeah, thing about Drake bro. and Josh. That I was shit like, hurt
1: me, bro. That shit when hurt, bro. It was
0: friends. I was no. like, what? That shit hurt me, bro. And i heard my man josh talking about uh talking behind drake back i heard drake talking behind josh back it's like bro this shit used to yeah. be love y'all used to be brothers i think my um,
1: nigga. i think josh didn't invite drake to his wedding, wedding or some shit. And i was like damn like y'all really and and that opened my eyes for real like when i found that out years ago i'm like damn like sometimes niggas really just be acting like there's no yes. real connection when the director says cut, like all oh, that hug me, brother. Like you probably <laughs> just walk off after that and just be like, all right, next next scene or whatever. It's just like, damn, you would think people like that really have a connection. But it's the same shit with um, I mean, they're they're somewhat cool now. They're cool enough to be seen sitting next to each other publicly. But um Tisha Campbell and um Martin Lawrence, mm. like Tisha was damn near finna sue Martin ass for yeah. the way he was like sexually just thrusting himself upon her all the time and trying to overdo kissing scenes and all that. Like, you hear all these stories after the show was over and everything, and they had beef for a minute, but I think they did a um, an interview either early this year or last year where they actually got cordial again they may not be friends but they're cool enough to put their differences aside to sit next to
0: each other yeah i seen that i seen that (laughs) yeah that was a crazy situation because obviously we grew up like after that phase so i was always questioning like why the show ended how it ended because they weren't even in the same room in those last few episodes like it was like gina was like in la or some shit and then martin had was on still in Detroit, it was such a weird Doing his vibe. radio those... show and everything, yeah. It was such a weird vibe for the last episodes, like it. W- and that was one of those shows that could have lasted like nine seasons, it could have been like Southfield lasted nine, but it had to end short because of that suing, that lawsuit situation. Such a weird thing. And uh, moving on to Past the Ox, man, what you got for move uh, Song of the Week?
1: Song of the Week, what I got, what I got, what I got. I go with Rod Wave, Stone Rolling. Project drop this Friday. Y'all go get that beautiful mind. So Stone Rolling by Rod Wave.
0: And I'm going to say, stay with me featuring Hermanata, but it's by Black Sea. I don't know who this is, but I just stumbled upon this song. <laughs> I just stumbled upon this song earlier this week. Shit is fire, bro. Do y'all ever just click that infinity button on your Apple Music? It just continues Sometimes. to play music. Yeah, it just continues to play music after, like, an album is over. And this is something yeah. that just continued to play when uh I was <laughs> done with the album, and the song is fire. So I have to continue to press that infinity button, because that shit just stumbled mm. upon hits. Alright, man, and moving <laughs> on to movie and show reviews.
1: Yeah, so we just did a recording for Nope. We're going to have that out for y'all as soon as possible. Uh, But, you know, we got to do Avatar, Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh Spiderhead, uh, we just talked about it on the note Review. We got to do She-Hulk when that comes out. Raising Canaan Book 3. Not Book 3 Raising Canaan, but Power Book 3 Raising Canaan Season 2. Damn, 50 Cent, you got to work on these titles because that's long <laughs> as hell. But <laughs> but we got that coming. So we, we got a lot coming for y'all for the next couple weeks.
0: Yes, sir. Definitely excited for that Power Book 2 because I've been sleeping. I was like, damn, I wasn't even thinking about it. But it just popped up on my timeline last week about Power Book 3 coming back out. It comes out on the 14th. So we should be having those for y'all guys. And then She-Hulk comes out next Thursday because that comes out on the 18th. So it's like we got a lot of heat coming for y'all. Edgar said we got that note review, but y'all continue to fuck with us when it comes to these reviews, man. We appreciate you guys for listening and watching. And we out
1: be sure to follow and subscribe to the q and e podcast you can find us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube and feel free to listen to us anytime on all podcast platforms including apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and iHeartRadio. submit all questions and inquiries to q and e at gmail.com